Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hugley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church. I'm here with Tyler Dravitz, who's executive pastor of Ridgeline and the president of MyXP. Uh, it's great to be back uh, together for this. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about what, at least for uh, pastors and preachers specifically, has been probably the most consistent mantra that I've heard from them on social media that we all seem to share in common. And it is the uh, the pain point that is preaching to an empty room. Mm. So um, I think literally every single pastor that I'm friends with on social media uh, has bemoaned that in some way. Sure. And uh, as you know, it's been probably the biggest pain point for me personally uh, over the last few weeks as well. And so we're going to just talk a little bit about that. And it has gotten better. And there's some reasons that it's gotten better. It's not just the time alone, but some specific um, steps that I've taken, that you've taken, and that we've taken together that have made a really big difference that hopefully uh, will be helpful to others. So I'll just start by talking a little bit about my experience, and then you can share about from the support end, uh, sure. some advice that you might have. Right. Uh, but first is, you know, for me, so we, though, I, if everyone remembers back to how this all went down, and literally it was a Wednesday in March, everything was normal. And then at least I think we felt it differently here in Salt Lake because uh, Rudy Gobert from the Jazz tested positive for COVID-19, I believe on Wednesday night. And then mm -hmm. Donovan Mitchell did. They suspended the rest of the NBA season. And literally from Wednesday to Thursday, our city went from everything is totally normal to everyone is home and everything is closed and there's no more church. <laughs> Pretty much. And it just like, I don't know if it was because it was two jazz players or our basketball team, but it just, it, it just seemed like it happened so fast here. So we went from on Wednesday, I was you know, I, I was preaching through First John, thinking Sunday's coming, we're going to be at the school. To then three, four days later, I'm standing in front of this stupid camera in my face, and that was it. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's the obvious things that are painful about it, like not being able to uh, see people that I love and to interact with them. But what stands out to be the most is I think <clears throat> for three weeks in a row. Um, you know, you, you, I would be preaching and then the, we do live stream, I think as people who listen to this know the live stream would end and the room was silent and I was like two clicks from suicidal. Like it was just so horribly depressing knowing that, um, all this work went into this message yeah. for these people that I do love that I didn't get to see. I don't get to hear anything from, and then the camera turns off and it's over. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess I'll go upstairs and start the next one. Um, and it was just done. You have no idea. How did it hit people? Did it strike people? Did it bless people? Did mm. it offend? Like there's just nothing. Yeah. And, um, I think that it's the combination of not being able to see people's faces. But for me, I think what stands out to me is I feel like I've been doing so much speaking into silence that's what's been really hard. You know, we do Zoom calls and by and large, if you've got 40 people or 50 people on Zoom, everybody's mic is muted. So you're talking to them and trying to minister to them and you're hearing nothing yeah. in return. So it's just, I just remember sitting, our ministry center has our downstairs where we stream and then our upstairs where our offices are. And I would be sitting on that bottom stair while you did the closing announcements on the stream. And then you'd be like, well, see ya. And then I would just sit on that bottom stair feeling horrible. It was just awful. And you've taken some, so I've, I've been able to press into that. Yeah. Why, why has it felt that way? And we'll talk a little bit more about that. 
Um, but you have been super helpful in that, but you've acknowledged like for you, for those same three or four weeks, you just didn't even understand exactly what my problem was. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. And I think, uh, so people in the role that is kind of supporting ministry and not, uh, preaching on Sunday mornings, maybe you've preached a time or two, but it's not your primary job. I think, um, I know that for me, those first few days after us learning, so I emailed the school on Friday morning and said, Hey, all of this is happening. Mm -hmm. Are we going to be able to meet on Sunday? I got an email back at like 10 saying, uh, I'm not really sure, but I would assume so. And then I got an email back at two saying, uh, we're closed through the end of the month and we'll see. Mm -hmm. And so I had from Friday at two until Sunday when it was church time to like solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And so I think those first couple of weeks, I mean, our first stream, it was sort of like we had captured it with a security camera. Mm -hmm. It was like a weird angle and it was, I mean, it was just really weird, but, uh, it was a thing that mm-hmm. happened and yeah. people participated. And yeah. so there was that. Uh, and so I think those first couple of weeks were really busy mm-hmm. um, and constantly thinking through how do we solve the problems? How do we get the word out there? How do we make sure people know all of those kind of things? Um, and so I think I was a little bit distracted, but I will say, honestly, even, even in those first few weeks, you would uh, communicate that like, man, that was hard or some different things. And I think I was so consumed with solving the problem and, yeah. and sort of just like, I don't know. I just feel like my response was, well, yep. Mm-hmm. And then I would like, I just didn't really stop and pause about, so what does that mean? And what can we do? Um, what, what part of you was like, why are you being such a baby? Well, I just was like, because I felt it in your face when I would you? say okay. something a little okay. bit of well, like, why I are you being like, such a baby? I, well, I was just like, <laughs> um, I don't know, like, you, you know, like if you decide to move to Florida and complain about the humidity, yeah. it just seems like, well, okay, yeah, it just and comes so, with it. Yeah, and so this was just our new thing, and yeah. so I was like, yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really know what else to say, and and truthfully, I just felt like it is what it is, mm-hmm. and and that. Um, that sort of my cross yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I do my thing, you do your thing. This is your thing, and good luck. Yeah. And uh, I think I think um, where I need to own and just uh, even apologize to you about was I think one of my roles, and for any executive pastors listening or associate pastors, one of your roles is to ensure that you are faithfully serving your pastor. That you recognize that the labor of preaching is a difficult task. It's something that you're not going to be able to understand. It's something that you're not going to be able to help help with. And for those of you who preach like once every six to 12 months and you're exhausted afterwards, uh, you didn't have to get up and write one again. Mm -hmm. I, uh, last year had the unique, uh, situation where I did preach back to back and, uh, I like, I'll never do that again in my life. Probably. Yeah. That was, that was it. And Mm -hmm. we've got other people who can preach now. So that's good. Um, and I just really feel like, um, it's our job to pay attention to, to be, uh, to, to serve well the needs that exist. And I think that it wasn't until uh, a couple weeks ago that, I mean, you just seemed real bummed, just real bummed, <laughs> real bummed. And I was like, uh, you know, uh, I work in the afternoons, uh, supporting the churches through my XP on Sunday afternoon. And so you had gone into your office and just shut the door for, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if you were crying and I don't even know what <laughs> I was don't happening, know what I was doing. but I was like working and you were like, you came in and you're like, Hey, I'll see you later. And you just like walked out like, you know, sad clown. And I was just like, hey, man, are you okay? And you were honest to be like, uh, that was like the worst thing ever. And I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And I think right then it took until (laughs) took until that 
acknowledgement for me to understand uh, there's got to be a way to solve this. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, what you bring to the table is, you know, rightly dividing God's word and, and preaching uh, his word um, without apology. All of those kind of things that are super important. Mm-hmm. And what I bring to the table is like I'm a creative problem solver mm-hmm. and I just had not stopped and forced myself to think through okay so it's 2020 and how do we like how do I recognize that this is going to be what it's going to be yep. but can it be any better yeah and uh and so that's kind of what led into the following week and some of the things that we did yeah so I had to do I've had to do some some internal work um mm. in addition to that there was also some actual like ways that I needed to go about doing my work differently. Mm. And then there are things that you solved sure. as well. So yeah. we really, really did tackle this together. So here are, um, I think, the top four things that have made the biggest difference. The first one is, if, and this is specifically for those who are preaching pastors, um, you need to acknowledge your desire for praise mm. and and your desire for affirmation. I was unaware of the extent to which it brought me um, comfort and um, probably some level of validation. Just those those little bits of 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 uh, that was a really great sermon, mm-hmm. or here's what connected with me, or thank you so much for doing that. Even just those tiny little things. Sure. The moment they were removed, and I started to hurt as a result of it. It took me a few weeks to see, like, oh wow, like I've really become um, a slave to that need for validation and approval and praise that comes with that. And I do believe, I don't believe that that's the totality of the problem by any means. I think there's some practical things that we're going to talk about, but I do think that that is one that cannot be ignored, that we just need to be open and honest about the fact that we do have a desire for praise. It's also made me much more empathetic uh, to you as a, as because your role and I think every executive pastor's role, um, a lot of support staff, it's it's inherently behind the scenes. Sure. So you're very familiar with, and I think this is one of the reasons that you might have lacked empathy <laughs> early on. <laughs> I could even tell when I would say things to you that you'd be like, you're just describing my everyday life. Sure. Yeah. Which is that you um, you like bust your hump mm-hmm. to do an excellent job that people are going to experience and are going to benefit from. And they have no idea that you did any of that work. You don't ever get encouragement about that. So like give an example of what we have experienced pretty regularly (laughs) regarding that, like for a behind the scenes person. Sure. I mean, I think that the key one is uh, participating in prayer meetings over the years, Uh, not as much at at our current church, but we Mm -hmm. have, uh, especially at the first church we planted redemption, we would do regular prayer meetings. And as one of the things that we would pray for, we would regularly pray for our staff. So it was myself, you, and then we had a guy who helped with uh, worship and was on our staff with that as Mm -hmm. well. And, um, uh, basically what would happen is, you know, Oh, you know, thanks for pastor Ryan and just, you know, how faithfully preaches God's word and thank you for, uh, his name was Scott. And mm-hmm. so thank you for Scott and just uh, the way that he led the songs and, and mm-hmm. ministers and thank you for pastor Tyler and all of the things he does that we don't really know about. <laughs> right. And that was, or, or, or even like letters of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for doing the things that we're unaware of. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, I feel like if you stop and think about it, you could probably come up with some specifics, At least one or but two. in general, I think, I think people are like, well, I'm not going to thank him for doing the announcements good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and please don't thank me for doing the announcements right. good. But, um, I just think that there, uh, as regularly that, and so I'm sure somewhere, certainly not, um, 
consciously, but somewhere subconsciously, it was just like, well, yeah, I, I mean, no one's telling me how well we set up and tear down mm-hmm. or some of those types of things. So, yeah, I think that there was some of that for sure. Yeah, I think what this has revealed for me and what it's probably revealing for a lot of preachers, whether or not they even get it, is how fragile our egos are. Sure. Like, just aren't even aware that that you had an ego about this that needed to be affirmed and fed, but the moment it's gone away, you know, everybody's sad sacking around. Sure. And it's a part of it is because we don't get to be with people that we love and all of that for sure. And then some of it is just like, my ego is sad. Sure. And uh, so I think that that's the place to start is with the heart. So acknowledge your desire for praise. Second thing is to bring your best effort. Mm. I noticed uh, this theme for two of the weeks that were really bad. And these are two Mm. of the weeks that you felt. And (laughs) the last one is the one that it finally connected for you. (laughs) But I was preaching through, I just finished preaching through the whole book of 1 John. Mm -hmm. And my last two chunks in 1 John were very big chunks. And um, if you're familiar with the way that John writes, um, he kind of jumps all over the place. And so big chunks in John are very difficult to preach in any way that like there's synthesis through the whole thing. It's better to preach these smaller chunks. But I, just because of our preaching calendar and what we were heading toward with Easter and this new series that we're starting this week, um, I had to do these big chunks. And so my sermons, these two two weeks in a row, uh, I just, it was not my best. I guess I would just say it like that. Sure. And, um, and I felt very frustrated with the preparation all week long, which is not normal for me anymore. Usually it's not super laborious and I don't hate it like I used to. Um, but it was just so hard to get it all together. And so then I preached what felt like a very mediocre sermon and then it was done and over and I felt sad (laughs) about that. (laughs) And so, um, I think what has helped with that in the past, cause everybody, I mean, every one out of four sermons is always going to be mediocre at least. But what helps with that is when you're in a physical worship service and afterwards you get to talk to people and you get to hear from them how God still uses the mediocre sermon in their life. Sure. And so you know, like Isaiah says, God's word doesn't return void. You get to experience that when you preach a crap message and then hear from people and God still used it and here's how. Mm -hmm. Well, now we don't have that. Yeah. So you just preached a crap sermon and then got to feel sad about it all week while you prep the next. (laughs) And so for me, one practical thing that I'm trying to be very mindful of is because that kind of interaction is not as built in right now, that every single piece of content I produce, whether it's a devotional or a sermon or whatever it is, I have to know that it is 100% my best effort Yeah, because I'm not going to get to hear how God still used it. So I have to know just me and Jesus, like this is as good as I can do Sure, because I don't have anyone else to help me understand how God still used it. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And I think to your point, like now is not the time to phone stuff in. No. You know, I've even seen some memes go around that in the middle of a pandemic, you don't have to be like super efficient or something. Yeah. Like, and, and I just feel like, Um, But maybe you do, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that uh, even some of the small businesses or restaurants that I think um, I have continued to frequent are the ones that are like setting it up and knocking it down. Yeah. Uh, And the ones that you go in and everyone just seems like it's over and they're counting the days. Like, sadly, I just have to I have to get this off my chest. But uh, let's do it. (sighs) The final Schlotzky's in Utah has closed. (laughs) And I don't know. Here's what just happened. Ninety nine percent of people listening were like. What's Schlotzky's? Yep. Uh, funny name, Serious Sandwich. That's their, that's their, that's their <laughs> like really? sub brand. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, uh, 
I love it. And it's funny not, name styrofoam bread. Yeah, that would be not another. even good, but I just I love it. I know but anyway, it. but so don't be that guy. Yeah. I mean, they, they closed in like three days. Seriously, in. it was gone. I was just like, what? Well, guess we're not going to try. Even try. Yeah. Just folding up. And so I think looking at it and saying, but how can we continue, whether it be in my job, whether it be in my sermon, whether it be in the things that I'm responsible for behind the scenes, how do we get better and better and better mm-hmm. every week? And I think uh, even uh, to echo on that, I know it's about preaching to an empty room, but you, if you watched our feed, I trust that if you watched week one and then each week you would notice that we've gotten a little better each yep. week. Like, and, and we're talking the tiniest position of the camera maybe or Lighting. we had a cut well we had a couple of uh you know leds that were like half broke but in storage and so we turned those suckers on yeah. you know i mean anything to continue to create an environment where people can engage from their living rooms mm-hmm. and i think certainly not to overproduce it but to bring our best and i yeah. think that's something that we really value yeah i think another benefit is on the mental health end in that the more you're pouring yourself mm-hmm. into because this is the only i understand what people mean with these memes of like like I understand we're all trying to cope through this. Yeah, so we're absolutely. we're all eating more carbs and <laughs> no one's coming out of this with a beach bod. Yeah. Um but if if the fire department has to cut us out of our living rooms at the end mm. of this, that's a problem. So um I think while I understand the like you don't have to be efficient during this time, at the same time I think the only thing that I would press back on that a little bit is is just laying on the couch feeling sad is not an effective strategy for health. I've tried that. I've got to tell you that not did going, not go didn't well. Go great. No. The days I've gotten up and like done my hair and like <laughs> and like gone in it, like those are good days. The couch day is not as great. Yeah, it is healthy and you feel better at the end of the day when you have really given yourself to whatever your task is. Totally. If you're a mom, give it to being a mom. If you're a dad, give it to being a dad or a pastor or whatever it is, give yourself fully to that task, do your best, and you will feel better sure. at the end of the day. So acknowledge your desire for praise, bring your best effort. The third one is, despite the fact that we have lost these physical touch points and, and interactions with people, um, I still think it's really helpful to build in feedback loops, mm. uh, to build in feedback loops. So that would be finding ways to still communicate with people that are listening to you preach so that you can still hear what is connecting and what's not. Not just looking for that sort of vague affirmation of that was a really good sermon, but so you can still know and understand what's working and what's connecting. So we have one lady I was telling you about in our church named Sarah. I think she's probably emailed me about five times since we started this. Okay. And it's always only like one sentence. But when I was doing the uh, Ridgeline Daily Feed during Holy Week, I had focused those devotionals on Good Friday and the crucifixion. Yeah. And I think on Good Friday, I referred to Good Friday as an uncomfortable gift. I'd used that phrase. And she emailed me later that day. And it was one sentence like uncomfortable gift is the perfect description of Good Friday. Mm. And that meant everything to me. Not, not just because it like fed my ego, but because it like, I'm, I'm, I am working hard to try to communicate in a clear and compelling way. Sure. And getting that feedback helps me know like, okay, that connected and that worked. Totally. So any other ideas about how people could could, could strategically build in some feedback loops or go about trying to, to do that? Sure. I think in general, uh, I think just a good rule of thumb for anyone in life is if you want feedback, ask for it. I think that some people are will say, well, I'm open to feedback, but it's different to be open to something than mm-hmm. to ask someone for mm-hmm. it. And so I think reaching out to some people in your church that... Um, 
you know will be honest with you about mm-hmm. how things are going. I think that we've got a few people in our church that I've reached out to just even about how did the feed go and this and that. And every week that it has gotten a little better, every week I thought it, like we nailed it. It mm-hmm. was just like awesome. Yeah. And then even the first week I was like, I was like, I had two days and this is awesome. And yeah. and everyone was just like, why does it look like I'm watching a bank robbery? Well, yeah, and just yeah. <laughs> and, and so then you watch it again and you're like, oh yeah, that's terrible. Um and I think that um, but it's only because I texted and asked mm-hmm. how was it going? Uh, because I think people know that we're trying our best mm-hmm. and and no one wants to come and like, you know, like rain on your parade when you're sure. trying your best unless you ask for that feedback and creating an environment where people can genuinely give it, I think is really important. Yeah. We also have always done text message Q and a, and I think even in people's questions, you can start to see what's connecting with people, where people are at. So that would be another way. Yeah. So yeah, acknowledge your desire for praise, bring your best effort, build in a feedback loop. Uh, and then this last one was a real big win for us on Easter that I would describe as invite people into the room virtually. Um, and so in, in, response to so many of, of these complaints about preaching to an empty room. Yeah. What I continue to hear is, uh, is people very well intentioned that are saying like the way through that is to remember that there are people on the other end of that camera. Sure. And I appreciate the intent Mm -hmm. and I have found that horrifically unhelpful. Sure. I am a hundred percent aware. I I mean, I can see on YouTube, the little eyeball tells you how many are watching. People are, are watching. So I get that. And that has not really solved the problem or helped me personally in any sure. way. Maybe that helps you. That's sure. great. Didn't help me. And so we had seen examples of like some pastors that had um, printed out pictures yeah. of people in their church and like set it on pews and on chairs so sure. they could actually see that, which I think is is great as well. Yeah. You went one step further um, last Sunday and yeah. came up with what for me was, was genuinely in this season a, uh, I know life changing sounds really dramatic, but it's been pretty depressing. Yeah. And last week I left still wanting to be a pastor, Great. which was great. Cause I hadn't felt that way for a while. Sure. <laughs> and it was a, just a tremendous blessing. So talk a little bit about what we did sure. and how we went about doing it. Yeah, for sure. So I had seen some of those uh, things of the pictures. I think what's different is like some of those pastors are preaching in the room that they always preach in. Yeah. And so I think what people have done is even like print pictures and put them in the like regular spot those right. people sit. And so there's some sort of connectedness. I think that uh, one of the things that you had commented on, and I think uh, different things are meaningful to different people, but like you haven't forgotten what our people look like. Right. So it's not like you're like confused as to who's on the other end. It's just you're used to, I think your style of communication plays off of like how it's being received in the room. Mm -hmm. Do you need to camp on a point a little bit more because it's a little foggy or did that one really hit well? Or, you know, was that a moment of humor, a great brain break, all Mm -hmm. of the different things, uh, the tools and techniques you employ. Mm -hmm. And it really required engagement. And I think that uh, I I saw the pictures and I was really trying to think through how do we create an environment where you are like virtually uh, a part of the service without being there. Mm-hmm. And as I was, you know, we had had that exchange on Sunday where I was just afraid for you to be alone the rest <laughs> of the day. I was glad you were going home to your family. Yeah. And so I went home and I just sat there and sat there and just felt like, 
we've got to fix this. We've mm-hmm. got to fix this. And, you know, I, I struggled like everyone does. Do we invite just a few people and spread mm-hmm. them out? But we've really felt it was important to model, to not do like yeah. to, to model following what we're being asked. And right now we've got a stay home, stay safe order going on here in Utah, which yeah. I continue to say is more of a fortune cookie than an order. <laughs> uh, right. it's, it's like a limerick. Yeah. But regardless, that's what they've asked for us. Yeah. And so we're not going to invite our people to, right. to violate that. Uh, and so what we really just, what I was really struggling with is how do we get people there? How do we get people there? Uh, I know that we've used zoom and that didn't really work. And so as I was dwelling on this, uh, what came up in my mind was this scene from modern family where Phil is like stuck in a hotel or he's sick. I can't fully remember all the details. I think it's a holiday episode. He's missing a holiday or something, something. And so he is there, uh, like it's basically an iPad on a stand, mm-hmm. and he's there on these like wheels, and so he can control it back and forth. But he just like keeps popping, and he can go like up and down, and mm-hmm. so he like pop up in conversations yeah. or wheel around that kind of thing. And um, and it was interesting because you got to see his facial response. I mean, it was as though he was there, right? But it is very like character esque way. Yeah. And as I as I was thinking about that, I felt like, well, we don't need people to move, mm-hmm. but and then it was really just a matter of problem solving from that point. Uh, here's what I know. I think, uh, so uh, we used uh, several iPads and I'm sure some people might've even seen that on social media and thought, oh my goodness, look at all those iPads. Well, uh, if you use iPads for your children's check-in, uh, you are not checking them in right now. So go pull them off the wall, go mm-hmm. get them out of the, the crate in the, in the um, trailer that they're in. Uh, but what we did was we took iPads we already had. Uh, I got uh, kind of the magnetic mounts that go on top of a tripod, and then I got the cheapest tripods on the planet. Yeah. I mean, if you feel them, you understand. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're not great. Yeah, I think they were seventeen dollars a piece. Yeah. Uh, the nice thing though is we had one chunky one and then three thin ones. The thin ones actually fit real close together a yeah. lot better. Um, and so then what we did was uh, I uh, reached out to, or I'd asked you for some active listeners. I made sure you were on board with it, and I feel like I originally told you, and you were like. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. And I just, I just kind of felt like we got it. Like I got to push through every yeah. once in a while. We've, we've been doing this a long time. And so sometimes I have an idea that you're not really in, And I just was like, you know what? I'm going to like, maybe by the end of Easter Sunday, you're going to hate me a little, but we're going to try this. I'm going to roll the dice. I, I'm just moving forward. Cause I believe <laughs> it's going to work. And so, um, we found some people in our church that are active listeners. I walked through kind of some really specific instructions that they needed to have their device. It should be charged. They mm-hmm. should, um, make sure that it's held near their face so that we could see facial response, that we weren't going to turn them on mute. So make sure the dog or the baby, you know, we had kind of a bunch of stuff because we really wanted people but we to we told them like, Laugh if something's oh, yeah, funny. Absolutely. Say amen if you want to say right. amen. That but they weren't going to be muted. Yep. That was an important part of it. And uh, and so then basically what I did was I put iPads up. There's uh, if you follow Ryan on Facebook or Instagram, you can see a picture of exactly what we did. Yeah. Um, and so for about a hundred dollars mm-hmm. and uh, a few conversations, um, I was able to then like I just called everybody on FaceTime about thirty minutes before the service. Mm-hmm. We brought them up. We made sure that their angle was good. Uh, made sure that they were prepared for what they were going to do. And it turned out to be so, so good. We put the, so a couple things, we put the iPads in the sight line of our camera yep. so that it doesn't look like I'm, because I think that's one of the best pieces of advice is that, pieces of advice that's been given is like, if you're preaching to a camera, look at the camera. Yep. Don't look around the room. There's yeah. no one there. Look at the camera. That's <laughs> right. what we're talking to. 
So the iPads were in that sight line. They were also close enough that um, microphones were able to pick up when people laughed. So yeah. the room actually, like when something was funny, yeah. the room, like it, it was all picked up in the recording. I got an immense amount of feedback that it was even a better experience for the live stream yeah. as a result of that. And I just felt like we always have... I think, what do we have? There's four of us usually in the room. Yep. Um, someone running slides, you're there, whoever's singing that day, and me. Yep. And this brought four more people into the room, and it just radically changed the experience uh, for me. But I also got the added gift and benefit of knowing that I heard from the people that were on those on those iPads that yeah. it was a, a great experience. They felt like they were contributing in sure. a helpful way. And they were. They totally were. One of the girls said that she felt connected in a way that she hadn't right. since this whole thing started. So it was a gift to them as well. Yeah. So, yeah, and I just I just left feeling like that was a radically different experience than what the three or four weeks prior had actually been. So it was amazing. And, and then I put that picture up on Facebook, and Instagram, it's I think it's one of the most commented on <laughs> posts yeah. that I've Over ever had. Over 200 likes, yeah. shares, all of that. And I think um, I appreciate, thank you to the people. Uh, so you called out the idea. Yeah. Thank you to the people who you know commented, brilliant, this is great, I'm stealing it. And I think the important thing that I just want to call out is it's not that brilliant yeah. and it wasn't that hard. And most of us have a little bit of tech equipment sitting around that used to be used for something different on Sunday mornings. And, uh, and I think that's what it goes back to my original point of it's really important. I think if you took anything away uh, from today's podcast, if you're not the preacher, obviously you're going to take some things away if you mm -hmm. are. But if you're not, uh, follow up with your pastor, follow up with the guy who preaches and make sure that there's not anything that you could do that might uh, lend itself to be a blessing to him, a blessing to your church family. I think uh, very similar. We talked the other week about the donuts. This mm -hmm. was one of those things that took me off guard how much it blessed everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, and I I think my goal was to just provide a better environment for you to be able to like engage with people and, and, and understand what was going on when you preached and mm -hmm. all of that. And so uh, I think it's so important that we do in the midst of the busyness in the midst of feeling bummed about being, you know, socially distanced, all of that kind of stuff to really stop and look at like what needs to happen to make this better. Yeah. Because I do think we've got some more time uh, to mm -hmm. camp out in this world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's really important that we uh, don't ever phone it in and and that we do ask the question, man, is there a way that we can serve you better? Is there anything that we can do? And, and it might be a little thing. It might be a big thing. But uh, we're there to serve alongside. God's called us to serve alongside our lead pastors and, and the preachers of our church. And I think that that's such an important element that truthfully, I think uh, I appreciate all the accolade. But I think what that told me was very few people are mm -hmm. doing that. Very few people right. are stuck because, I mean, FaceTime, everyone's FaceTiming all the time. Most people have a couple tripods and iPads. It just wasn't rocket science. Right. And I think that it's something that um, anyone could do. And so I think though that's the type of, um, you know, bringing our best effort that we need to do as the behind the scenes people. Yeah. And I think just as kind of a closing thought to, to bring this to a conclusion, I think this is all a, a good example of something that is a really deep cultural value for us. Mm. Um and is true regardless of conditions. So whether or not we can meet physically or we have to stream or all of that. And that would be um, don't identify problems that you're not willing to solve. Yeah. And I think that that's one, like we're, we're both mm. um, critical mm. processors, so mm. we have like the spiritual gift of identifying problems. Mm -hmm. um, but what we don't need, like the, the world's full of problems right now, yep. and we, we don't really need anybody else pointing out problems. What we need is to actually do 
the hard work of solving problems. And it is hard. Yeah. And it requires creativity and it requires effort. And I think the reality is when we are sad, when we are fearful, when we are angry, when we are frustrated, like we all feel so many of those emotions right now, the truth is we don't want to do the work that it takes to sure. solve problems. We'd rather just be frustrated, angry, and sad about this whole thing and wait till it's over. Sure. And that's not good stewardship. Totally. So when we see problems, which our lives are filled with right now, some of them we can't solve and some of them we can. And yeah. I think um, a great lesson in this for us has been to just drive to the finish and solve problems and do the best with what we have. Totally. And I think one other thing I just want to uh, leave people with as well. So I appreciate uh, you in the first point of just kind of analyzing your own heart mm -hmm. and understanding um, kind of what are the things that you need. And if you're one of those people who regularly would go up to your pastor and provide the feedback about the sermon or mm -hmm. a point that they made or something like that, uh, and you have felt that prompting to do that again, uh, don't decide that you need to be a, a part of the Holy Spirit's work and teaching your pastor uh, to not need that. Yeah. I think that uh, that uh, he doesn't he doesn't need your help by yeah. any means. And so I think our pastors really need people to take a moment. And if you have his phone number, send a text message, place a phone call, uh, message him on Facebook, send an email, do a Twitter shout out. I don't know. Mm -hmm. However you can get a hold of your pastor. I, I would argue regardless of the size of your church, there's got to be some way that a message of encouragement can get from you to your pastor. Mm -hmm. And so figure it out and be faithful in doing that mm -hmm. because good. I think that uh, it is good feedback. That's part of the feedback loop. And I think that let's trust that the Holy Spirit's going to do his job and work some of these uh, things that aren't great in our pastor's hearts and minds out, but that we're not, uh, we don't need to choose on our own to be an active part of that. We can make sure that we are being obedient to be encouraging to one another. Mm -hmm. And especially uh, through this time, I know uh, as I get a chance to work with you, Ryan, or pastors around the country, uh, they are genuinely pouring themselves out in ways that they never have before. Mm -hmm. They're having to flex muscles and use tools that they've never had to before. Mm -hmm. uh, all kinds of things. And uh, they could really use uh, you to take a minute and drop a letter in the mail or an email mm -hmm. or a call or whatever it might be. That's good. Well, I uh, hope that was helpful. As always, we really thank you for listening. Uh, if you do want to find uh, a picture of what we did, uh, you can find that on social media. Uh, you can find me on both Facebook and Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And uh, I think it's important that you plug your social media yourself like you did last week because I, I want to make sure that the world is experiencing oh, the yeah. glory that is both <laughs> oh, Instagram man. accounts of the one and only Tyler. Well, Dravitz. let's just do the one. We'll do at Tyler Dravitz. It's at T Y L E R. And then even though my last name says Dravitz, it's spelt Druitt. So that's D R E W I T Z and get ready for some life changing content. It's pretty spectacular. <laughs> well, we'll be back next week with another episode of from the field. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next week.